0: The Committee on Ministerial Care of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is pleased to present this webinar answering OPC pastors' questions about investing for retirement. Our host today is Matt Minor, a financial advisor and a ruling elder at Pilgrim Presbyterian Church in Raleigh, North Carolina.
1: Hello, my name is Matt Minor. On behalf of the Committee on Ministerial Care, Welcome to a discussion about how to invest for retirement in light of today's economy and today's financial markets. As you are probably aware, the environment for investors and savers has shifted dramatically over the past year, with rising interest rates, a falling stock market, declining bond values, and fears of a recession. Our goal today is to explore these and other factors which impact your retirement earnings whether that's through the OPC's 403B Retirement Plan or other retirement accounts that you may have. My guests today are Benjamin Hayes and Derek Meaden. Both are wealth managers with Whipley Financial Advisors, which recently became part of the large financial advisory firm Creative Planning. Both Benjamin and Derek are certified financial planner professionals, and they will be familiar with many of you who participate in the OPC's 403B plan. Benjamin and Derek, welcome. Thank you, Matt. We have a number of questions that you all have sent in to us today, and we're just going to get started with this one. Uh, Given poor performance of 2022 and the rocky start to 2023, it seems that I'm throwing money away by investing each month. Is it wise to invest in a down market and buy when stock prices are low and continue to drop? Or might it be better to put cash aside and invest when the market improves? What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that one, Benjamin. So, um, you know, I think this all goes back to time in the market versus timing the market. Um, the more time you have, the more time you have to allow your dollars to compound and grow. Um, and the markets are unpredictable. Um, you know, the unfortunate part about investing is that no one knows when the bottom of the market is going to occur. The market doesn't tell us that. Um, and so, I got to stop for a sec. I'm sorry, um, I lost my train of thought. Um,
1: were, nobody knows the bottom of the market
2: yep okay um, so no one knows the bottom of the market and um, I need a second again sorry <laughs> um, so much camera pressure okay um, no one knows the bottom of the market and so you know if you wait on the sidelines and try to to wait until things improved oftentimes you get left behind and recognizing that it's a challenging market today with bond and stock prices being lower, um, it can be you know challenging to to wait and make sure you have that discipline. But oftentimes if you wait and sit in cash, what oftentimes happens is you'll get left behind and the stock market will have recovered um, well before you're able to get back in, not knowing when that will occur.
3: Yeah and I'll just add to that if you looked at the past three market downturns, significant market downturns we've had two thousand and two, two thousand and eight, most recently twenty twenty, if you look at that recovery, it's been very quick. And being on the sidelines, thinking that you will get in when things get better um, in the market, they often get better within a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months. And that's where you can really miss out on some of those some of those earnings that are going to create your your 10 year you know return that you're looking for as an investor.
1: And I always think, too, the hardest thing is to not only know when to be out, but how would you know when to get back
3: in? Right. And. Right. You're compounding the decisions that you have to make. You've, you make a decision to get out, and now you've got another decision, and it gets difficult to continue making those decisions.
1: That's right. So next up, uh, in an economically stressful time like this, we sometimes wonder if we should empty our retirement account in order to purchase a different house with fewer issues and in which we could age more easily. It is difficult to see such large amounts disappearing each quarter when we could have replaced our 16-year-old car or helped our college student with tuition bills? How do you guys respond to someone who's who's feeling that way?
3: I I, I empathize with them. I I completely understand. um, I shouldn't say completely, but I I hear what they're saying, and I've heard that from other clients as well. These are difficult investment times that that we're going through right now, and it's difficult to open up your monthly or quarterly statement and see the account balance drop. And what I'd advise folks... Um, and, and tell them is this is um, while severe in terms of uh, drops in account balance, this is a normal part of investing. Unfortunately, there are years when uh, investment markets do not uh, respond the way that we'd hope. Uh, three out of four years, markets are positive. Um, that leaves that you know that one year that um, that we have negative returns, and that's not a uh, that doesn't indicate that there's something wrong with investing, something wrong with the economy. That's just um, part of economic cycles. We had a really uh, fantastic run of investment returns in 2019, even 2020, with the drop that we had in March. It ended up being a double-digit positive year. 2021 was a double-digit positive year. That doesn't mean 2023 uh, is going to, you know, continue that, you know, trend of uh, throughout of, uh, or, you know, going to be a positive. It's still, you know, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with markets, uh, but we do know is the price at which you are buying at today is uh, significantly less than where it was when we started in 2022 and um, as best you can try to set some of the feelings and emotions about your investments um, aside and just know that uh, if you are patient and stick with it uh, history has shown us that uh, investors will be rewarded for that patience
2: i just add from um, the opc 403b plan perspective just understanding you know as you're having these thoughts in terms of hey am i better off pulling the money out, maybe paying off debt or, you know, purchasing a new vehicle for my my teenager, what what have you. You know, understand the tax ramifications of that as well. Um, there's some unique tax benefits that uh, pastors in the OPC 43 b plan get. And, um, you know, some of these decisions that you make um, in terms of, you know, maybe making a withdrawal may not qualify for some of that benefit. So you may be losing some tax benefit um, by considering doing those things. There's also um, what I would call this magic age you have to hit to, to pull your money out without um, an IRS penalty. And so just ensure that as you're thinking about these decisions that you, know, you consider all aspects of, of that decision, um, including the tax uh, side of things as well. All right. So next up,
1: um, we have an email that says, eight months ago, we invested $10,000 in an ETF. Today, that investment is worth $8,300. Historically, if we just ignore the investment, even for several years, will it bounce back? Or is there a real danger that it will continue to plummet and we will end up losing thousands of dollars?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, as Benjamin said, uh, it's a really difficult time to invest. And, and um, it's challenging. It weighs on our emotions. Um, but, you know, long term, we do think markets will go up as they historically have um, that doesn't mean that they're going to go up tomorrow or the next day or even the next month. We don't know exactly when that will occur, but um, we're still long-term optimists. And you know, if you can take some of that emotion out of, the, out of play when you're making those decisions and make sure that you're ultimately allocated um, you know, targeting your risk level based on your unique circumstances, goals, and objectives, it can maybe take some of those emotional uh, decisions away as well.
3: And I would just add for that uh, emailer, uh we don't know exactly what ETF they were uh, or are invested in. Um, but assuming it is a, a well-diversified, uh, ETF, very similar to the investments available in the Oth- OPC 403B plan, uh, we have full confidence that it will, uh, recover. But to Derek's point, the stressful, frustrating part is, we don't know, we don't know when that will come. Yeah, I was like Dave Ramsey on this one who says, you only get hurt on a roller coaster
1: if you jump off. Yep. Um, so that's, that's, In a lot of ways what we get paid for as investors is taking on that bumpy ride all right we have here um we are helping my husband's widowed mother who has no retirement move most of her savings into treasury bonds and bank cds in order to keep up with inflation with her principal safe and interest rates pretty good we're wondering why we're not doing more to keep our retirement principal safe we are both 51 years old how should we be allocating opc retirement funds conservative, moderate, or aggressive?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there are four, uh, really well diversified, uh, portfolio options within the 403B plan for OPC participants to choose from. And, uh, um, it really depends on a couple factors. One is to the emailer's comment about age. Um, when are you going to need these funds? When are these funds going to start, uh, to be distributed from the retirement account? That has a big impact on how much risk you can afford to take. Uh, how aggressive you can afford to be and the other factor is just knowing yourself you know you, you hopefully uh, many of the the participants in this plan have have invested you know with us for the past six years but even prior to then you've had experiences and you should rely on those experiences to to better understand yourself of how you might respond to the next um, you know course of events in in markets uh, but if I had to put a rule of thumb to it, I, I'm a little uh, hesitant to, to use rules of thumb because everybody's situation is different. But if you have um, 15 or more years until you are you know, reliably going to be using these funds for spending, you can afford to be in that aggressive portfolio. If you are within five to 15 years, you're probably looking at that moderate aggressive. But when you're within five years of retirement, it's a different time frame. The moderate portfolio has more of a fixed income, more of a bond um, think of it as a loan um, portfolio and uh, and then there's certainly that fourth portfolio that's the conservative portfolio that I'd say uh, for for many might be um, a little bit too uh, conservative from a from a growth standpoint keeping up with inflation but certainly we want to make that available for those that know themselves and want to be a little bit more conservatively invested
2: yeah I, w- I would just add um, piggybacking off of what Benjamin said Actually, going back to his, his response a couple questions ago, you know, the markets are positive about 75% of the time on an annual basis. If you expand that further um, over a five-year period, markets have given us positive returns about 90% of the time. And then beyond that, at 10 years, it's about 97 98%. So to his point about you know allocating yourself based on your risk level and then your time horizon, you know aff- knowing that you can afford to take that risk if you've got 10 to 15 years in stocks because. Um, based on history, markets have shown that you will experience positive returns the longer time you 're in the market
1: yeah, at this time, there is no twenty year period when u s markets have not returned a positive return and I would actually just go back to something this emailer writes and see whether you guys would like to comment on this um, mentions about inflation in connection with a widowed mother, but what is the role that having some stock exposure in a portfolio plays? Uh, in relationship to inflation
3: yeah I think you you know really it it comes back to why are we investing what is the risk that we're trying to uh, mitigate by taking our savings that we've set aside and making the decision to invest it whether that's in a stock a bond or in cash and when you're looking at the spending that you're going to do five years from now 15 years from now 30 years from now it's that you want to be able to buy, you know, a carton of milk. You want to be able to buy a loaf of bread. You want to take your family out for dinner, and be able to afford those things. That's your purchasing power, and it is um, important in our view that you have uh, some measure, some amount of your investments in stocks. Owning a business gives you an opportunity. Uh, to keep up with inflation and keep your purchasing power where it is today. Now, if you've got an, uh, a need that's within two years, and you're going to spend money on a on a car or down payment in two years. Your risk is not inflation. Your risk is that that money is going to be there in two years, and that's a completely different, you know, investment um, consideration. But for the vast majority of folks in the OPC 403b plan, they are saving for retirement. They're saving for spending. That while it might start. In a couple of years with retirement coming up, it's going to be spending that's going to occur over 20, 30 years. And that's where it's really important to grow your portfolio to combat inflation. Thanks, guys. Um,
1: another emailer writes, my question is, how do you decide whether to use one of the following for managing one's retirement portfolio? Robo advice advice only where a financial advisor gives investment guidance but the client implements the advice or fee-only advice where a financial advisor provides the planning investment advice portfolio implementation and ongoing portfolio and plan management you guys have any thoughts on on choosing between these different service models I think
2: there's always value uh, that an advisor can provide whether that be um, uh, from a fee-only perspective or an ongoing investment management standpoint um, but I think part of it really depends on you know how proactive do you want to be with managing your own finances. Um, in my opinion, I think you know if you're a little bit younger, you can probably get away with making some of those decisions yourself, uh, maybe doing more of that robo advisor approach. But I think as you get a little bit closer to retirement, you're creeping closer to that kind of magic date where your your stage in life is transitioning, and things start to get a little bit more complex and. That's when I think the real value of an advisor is really added, uh where, you know, I think many folks can benefit um, from a withdrawal strategy standpoint, um, understanding the taxability, um, understanding if you have enough, doing some financial projections. I think you know, within ten to fifteen years, I think everybody could use the advice of an advisor. Anything
3: to add? Yeah, I I would completely agree with Derek. I think uh early in your uh in your um, um, you know career in terms of saving for retirement, it's the blocking and tackling, uh, right? It's making sure you have a will. It's making sure you have proper life insurance and making sure you're saving into uh, investment vehicles and retirement vehicles. Um, but savings is a, a little bit more easier uh, item to um, to work through. It's when you're getting to distributions and planning for those distributions, to Derek's point, that 10 to 15 year, year mark before retirement. That's when I think really the value of some advice and a second opinion uh, could be very helpful. Well, and there's, it seems to me there's a couple things that work there, which is that early in your career,
1: savings rate drives these balances. It's how right. much you're sticking in there all the time. Whereas as you get later on, it's both the tax implications of your withdrawal strategy as well as to a, a greater extent what your investments are doing uh, within the portfolio as opposed to just how much you're putting in. Yep, I would agree. Um, so... Um, these next two questions really uh, lead into something that I wanted to take a minute to just share on behalf of the CMC. Uh, these emailers write, is there anyone who provides investment guidance for ministers for free or for a reasonable fee? And then a uh, second question that has a similar answer uh, writes, how can I have confidence that I'll have enough money to be able to retire. And I just want to take a moment to mention here a couple of resources that the CMC has developed on, a, on an ongoing basis. This is uh, independent of creative financial planning. This is uh, through the CMC. So, um, within the CMC, they have a volunteer financial planning team, uh, that can help you get answers to uh, questions that uh, you may have as an OPC minister, uh, right now uh, about your personal finances. And then the CMC has also developed something called the FAIR program, and they've done that in connection with a large fee-only advisor called Ronald Blue Trust, and uh, you can learn more or access uh, both of those resources by going to opccmc.org. So if you're looking for uh, some degree of personal advice or for that FAIR program, especially if you are within that 10 to 15 years of retirement uh, the CMC has some grants available or some personnel resources available to help you get those answers. I'm going to pause there. Greg, was that? Uh, I love it. Good? You got. Okay. Great.
0: I think if you want to comment any more on that, you guys weigh in, feel free. But
1: okay. Well, then I'll, all to, in, the yeah. I'll invite them to, to comment on the CMC's resources as, as financial advisors then. You guys ready? <laughs> so now that the viewers know about those resources, do you guys have anything that you'd like to add about the, the value of um, either of those possibilities?
3: I just, I'd comment on the second program, the FAIR program, um, a fantastic resource that the uh, CMC has put together uh, for participants in this plan, for pastors and their families in this plan, to be able to put together a comprehensive financial plan. And to your point, um, sounds like there's grants available to help uh, lessen or um, completely uh, take care of that cost it is uh, incredibly important planning again when you are uh, that close to retirement decisions um, in terms of how you're going to spend money uh, how you're going to invest those dollars getting close to retirement uh, they're very important decisions and and uh, the folks now uh, the pastors have uh, some great resources yeah i'm going to interrupt us one more time Greg, may I comment
1: at this point on the existence of the New Horizons article, and then do you want to provide a citation to that in the video, or do you want me to not do that?
0: <clears throat> um, I can add it at the end.
1: Okay, great. Then I won't. I won't worry about that. Okay. Uh, another emailer writes: Given how much the market has fallen already. Is it reasonable for an already retired person to stay with his present level of portfolio risk and ride out any further decline, assuming he has the stomach for it and has enough saved to cover expenses for the next several years? How do you guys respond to that?
2: Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, perfectly reasonable. If, if you know the investor or the saver has the stomach to, to get through the current volatility that we're experiencing, the current uncertainty in the market, and has the the cash um, or funds outside of, you know, the stock market to cover the next several years of expenses. I think it's personally reasonable, and that's typically what we would advise uh, them to do. Um, you know, what we want to try to avoid is, is selling at the most inopportune time when when markets are down. Uh, and I think everybody knows that markets are down, fifteen twenty percent at current present time. Uh, if we can avoid that, uh, and we have you know cash at our disposal to allow us to not tap into those stocks, um, you know, I think folks will be rewarded long-term by maintaining that discipline. Yeah,
1: and I think it's also important to say that even with these depressed prices, right, these investments are throwing off uh, both income from bonds and dividends from stocks. Even as we don't love the principal values, there's actually income coming into the portfolio from the underlying investments. Um, So uh, we have some additional kind of general questions to talk to you guys about uh, investments.
3: Um, Why did the stock market do so poorly in 2022? Yeah, um, uh, inflation. You know, we've talked about it already a little bit here uh, today, and I'm sure everybody has heard that in the news. Uh, But it is a real problem when prices go up at the speed that they have uh, throughout 2021 and 2022. And um, our central bank for the United States has taken action. Uh, they view that as an unacceptable um, thing to continue because it erodes purchasing power, particularly for for uh, lower middle income folks who really can't afford to have the price of goods uh, and services go out of, uh, up at such a pace uh, so the the Fed, um, the Federal Reserve, has raised interest rates quite significantly, uh, really putting a damper on folks' ability to finance um, Purchases like a like an automobile, like a home, uh, a business uh, business owner going out to finance uh, a new capital expenditure, that slows the economy down, and that is really at the heart of what's uh, going on in the market in 2022.
1: The second question is kind of related. Uh, it says bonds fared poorly as well. Aren't bonds supposed to help offset losses from stocks?
2: Historically, bonds have held up decently well uh, while while stock markets have experienced uh, negative years, but that's not always the case. Um, and if you think about 2022 to Benjamin's point with the Federal Reserve, basically, you know, raising rates to combat inflation and doing whatever they have to to get inflation under control, that hurts the prices of current bonds. So as current bond holders, when interest rates go up, our bonds less, look less attractive to uh, other investors. And so the price of our bonds fall. So while it's uh, you know a little bit uncomfortable and something we don't like to see happen um, a little bit was probably to be expected but going forward over the long term because uh, starting yields are higher or r- rates are where they're at a new issuance of bonds are higher than what they were previously, we expect the bond returns to be uh, better going forward as well.
3: Yes. Yeah, uh, if you don't mind me jumping in, I mean really if you think of the past 15 years since the great financial uh, recession in 2008, it's been a difficult environment for folks that are uh, that want to be conservative with their investments for retired individuals on on fixed income uh very low interest rates are not uh not a welcome sign for individuals in that situation as hard as it is to see a 2022 it it was very different than uh past down markets and bond uh prior bond uh performance in 1994 is an example that was the worst bond market we'd seen in the past 20 compared to uh 2022 um the but, worst, the worst ever the worst ever yeah in the last uh couple decades it is a uh, it is a welcome sign for retirees and savers moving forward. Um, if anybody's you know gone to their local bank and opened up a, a savings account or go, went and bought a CD, uh, we now have um, some some helpful uh, or um, I'm going to stop there too where can I pick up If anybody's gone to their local bank and uh, opened up a CD or a savings account. Interest rates are now at a level uh, where you can get some significant earnings on your cash and be comfortable as a more conservative investor.
1: I, 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 uh, so if we were to sum that up, we'd say that rising interest rates hurt the values of these underlying assets. Um, but I'm really glad you mentioned about savings accounts. Uh, I'll even go uh, one beyond your local bank and and say that you, know, you can check out online FDIC insured savings accounts as well. Uh, rates there are significantly higher, like to the tune of three to five times higher than they have been uh, in recent years. Yep. So terrific. Um, continued questions about, uh, you know, the the
3: pain in markets. Are these losses likely to continue or get worse? That's the magic question. Um, yeah, that is, it's very difficult to project and predict um, where investment markets may go from any uh, one year um, we really have to rely on the principles of investing, which is um, if we have dollars at risk that are uh, for a long term need, again, back to the five years or longer um, time, history, um, markets have shown you get rewarded for that risk over time. Um, but unfortunately, is not something that comes nice and steady every single year, a 6% return. We often have double-digit positive returns, uh, right around uh, double-digit negative returns. And that volatility, uh, that angst, is, is something that you have to take on as an investor to get rewarded with uh, better long-term returns.
1: So this question then kind of ties into that. Uh, an emailer writes, I'm hoping to retire in the next 5 to 10 years or sooner. Uh, should I look for safer alternatives?
2: yeah to the to the emailer um it would certainly depend on um you know understanding what you're in today from a stock to bond or risk level standpoint Um, but certainly at that time you know you should be looking at more fixed income or income producing investments and take a little bit of stock off the table when we think about you know selecting one of the core portfolios in the 403b plan you know we want to make sure that we have enough fixed income uh, and income producing investments to cover five, seven, and depending on their risk tolerance, maybe 10 years of of expenses in retirement so that they can withstand some of that stock market volatility. They don't have to sell at the inopportune time uh, because as we talked about, evidence shows that over a you know, five, 10 year period, the markets are positive, 95, 100% of the time over 20 years. Um, so understanding that we wanna have an allocation that has enough fixed income and income producing investments so that we don't have to tap into it um, tap into stocks when they're negative as you approach retirement, needing to rely on the portfolio for income. Um,
1: what is the role of diversification and dollar cost averaging in reducing risk
3: or loss in portfolios? Yeah, di- diversification is a huge part of investing and a huge part of uh, mitigating risk. Um, you can think of any one single stock, um, if your entire retirement plan was in that one company, uh, compared to owning thousands of individual stocks and bonds as every uh, participant in, in the OPC 403B, uh, 403B plan does uh, through the use of the portfolios. Um, you don't want to put your retirement savings, your nest egg, um, and put those um, you know, hard-earned savings all in the hands of one company's success or failure. So diversification mitigates that risk. Quite frankly, um, as an investor, um, there are companies that are going bankrupt every single year, publicly traded companies. Uh, diversification um, means you don't really notice it. That's just part of investing. That happens from time to time. Ninety-nine percent of the companies that you're invested in um, are doing uh, well over long periods of time and you enjoy in the success of the
2: 99%. Anything else? Yeah, I would just add, um, you know, obviously 2022 was a challenging year for all investors. And, you know, you can make an argument in 2022 that, hey, fine didn't help me, you know, weather some of the storm of the stock market. Um, but if you kind of peel back the onion a little bit, you can see that diversification does, in fact, help. Although we experienced negative returns, If we think back over the last three or four years, 2019 and 2020, uh, technology and growth stocks were really really good performers, superior performers relative to um, some more value-based stocks. And that flipped uh, about six, nine months into um, the the COVID pandemic. And um, so if we would have reshuffled the portfolio or if you would have been concentrated in all technology stocks at that time, you'd be suffering this year because technology stocks are down, you know, about twice as much, maybe three times as much as other sectors and uh, parts of the market. So, while from the outside, you know, uh, diversification doesn't really look like it helped a whole lot, it still is critical even years in years while the stock market is in negative territory.
1: Yeah, and that that answer, Derek, relates to this question, uh, which says, did the investments in the OPC 403b pa- plan fare better or worse than the market or than other similar investments?
2: Yeah. So when we think about how we craft portfolios for the OPC 43b plan, um, we're not going to do anything um, that I would say is is rocket science. That's gonna you know we're not going to tell uh, any retirement plan participant that we're going to outperform the markets by three, five, ten percent. We don't think that's really a sustainable uh, investment solution. Um, so in a lot of ways, we're going to own the entire market. Diversification, as we've just touched on, globally diversified. Um, but then again, having that diversification to other asset classes helps the portfolios fare well relative to the market. So, towards those value companies, um, you know, that are less expensive, towards you know, smaller cap companies um, that are smaller than all the blue chip stocks and companies that we hear about in the news, um, that helped. Uh, obviously, again, negative performance really across the board, but the portfolios fared fairly well, especially on the stock side uh, relative to the broad market. Okay,
1: good deal. This is kind of a general question in light of markets. I think this emailer means should I modify my strategy in some way
3: yeah that's a difficult question to answer without knowing more about that individual's background. Uh, certainly everything that we've talked about here today is really uh, preaching stay invested. You know, this is a difficult time period. We completely acknowledge that and just really trying to get folks to to focus on the long term. But I would say um, you can view this um, more opportunistically. You know, you had brought up dollar cost averaging um, as an example. And sometimes we get that question, you know, should I just hold off on my paycheck and not put dollars into an investment? Um, or should I continue to you know, uh, take a, a monthly uh, payment or a, a biweekly payment from my paycheck and invest it. And we absolutely encourage people to do that. completely understanding this is a, a difficult economic time if you can do uh, even a little bit more uh, buying when the market has come down, buying more shares with the same hundred dollar deposit as an example is a really effective thing to do. Uh, so to that emailers uh, question possibly if if they have um, the stomach for it. Leaning into a down market and being a little bit more opportunistic about uh, getting more savings put away. Yeah,
1: I like what you're saying that you can get more shares for the same price, right? Yep. In our family, we buy more hamburger when it's on sale. That's right. The other thing that I sometimes talk about with folks that that I think can be a strategy is outside of the 403b, but like if you feel like accelerating your mortgage, like that's a reasonable place to put extra money as well. Um, So. You know, that's, that's something that, that can be a, a reasonable place for people to deposit extra dollars yeah, also. And
3: I think there's, a, there's a financial element to that decision of should I, you know, save in a retirement account first to pay off a mortgage. There's also uh, just a very, um, maybe not emotional, but just human element to it. It feels good not to have debt. And that is a perfectly acceptable um, reason for, for taking uh, an extra step and putting a little bit more towards um, towards your mortgage, and if that results in you uh, not having that payment a couple of years early, I think that's fantastic.
1: And I think it's, you know, not an either-or, but like when people want to talk about alternative investments, I'm like, well, your house would be a great alternative investment if you really feel like doing something different. So, um, This email writes, what impact is inflation going to have on my
2: ability to retire? I think everybody can certainly see that inflation's had an impact on on all of us, um, whether we're going to the gas pump to fill up the car, um, buying that that pound of hamburger, or what have you, uh, certainly it's had an impact, and I think that's why, you know, to Benjamin's point earlier, the Federal Reserve is doing what they are attempting to do in terms of raising interest rates to cool, cool the economy and uh, bring inflation readings down for all of us. Um, but that's I think also emphasizes why it's so important to have. That well diversified portfolio with stocks. Um, over time, we believe that stocks are, are without a doubt, the the greatest hedge to inflation over the long term. They're going to come with years like 2020 and uncertainty uh, in the period like we are today. But over five and 10 year periods, uh, evidence shows that stocks have been the best hedge to inflation and have outpaced inflation uh, well over, you know, even bonds and and uh, cash alternatives. And I would, again, just take the opportunity to call out um, the program,
3: the opportunity through uh, the CMC with the FAIR program. Uh, I think the emailer's question was, you know, what impact is this inflation going to have on my retirement? Um, I mean, this is going to require additional savings, it's going to require um, uh, a cut in possibly spending at retirement or or working longer. I think the fact of the matter is costs have come up for a lot of uh, goods and services, and sitting down uh, with um, a team that can run through a comprehensive plan and see what your retirement looks like with this increased uh, budget that we're all now working with on a month-to-month basis, I think uh, there's no better time to do it than now. No, I think that's so well said. Like,
1: for all of us, we get sort of anchored at a particular price point. For me, it may be 2012. You know, I don't know when it, when, when I'm anchored at, but I know that whatever I was spending in 2012, it's a lot different now, and yeah. that goes into a that goes into a plan. Um, all right. So we have here: If I'm already retired and need income from my 403b, is it a bad idea to be pulling money out when the value of my account has fallen?
3: I could take that one. Yeah, I um, I think it's a very natural response. Um, working with individuals, um, you know, for folks to maybe pull back on spending big ticket items, you know, that big renovation of your home um, or the next car purchase. To do that when uh, markets and your account balance is, uh, is down, that's a that's a difficult thing to do. It makes it it makes it tougher for that account balance to recover. Uh, in the same way, I think it's very natural. Um, we've got clients that, uh, and, and individuals in retirement plans that will spend a little bit more when times are good. I think those are very natural things um, to do in terms of a budget. Um, but you worked very hard, right? Everyone in, in, um, in this plan who is now retired and taking out income has worked very hard and saved uh, for uh, the ability to to spend in retirement. Um, So, if you're in a well-diversified portfolio within the uh, 403 plan, um, you are likely not taking out a significant percentage of your account in any one year and uh, that's what you save these dollars for. So, uh, don't want people to adjust their lifestyles too much given the economic circumstances. Um, You still want to enjoy the retirement that you worked hard for.
1: All right, last one. Uh, Who is creative planning and why is Whitfley now part of creative planning?
2: I'll start that one. You sure. can chime in, Benjamin. Yeah, so everybody, I think everybody on this call hopefully is, well, at least heard at the beginning, as Matt had mentioned, that uh, we're now a part of creative planning. And uh, let me first start with, you know, what's hasn't changed. And so, um, everyone's still going to see the name Whipfully show up, um, on their quarterly statements or if they log into the website to review their account or make changes. Um, so Whipley remains the record keeper and third party administrator on the plan. Um, on the investment management side, that's where creative planning comes into play. So Benjamin and I have joined forces with the creative planning investment management team. But from an ongoing relationship standpoint, not a whole lot changes. So creative planning is an independent fiduciary, much like Whitley Financial was. From an investment standpoint, they have the same uh, philosophy as we did, so those align. Um, From a fee standpoint, nobody's going to see an increase in fees relative to what they've been paying in the past. It's just on the investment side, um, we have partnered with them, and um, they're a large, as you said, a large registered investment advisor. They're based out of Kansas City. Um, They've got a really well-built-out retirement plan practice uh, with a lot of expertise that we didn't have in-house. Um, that frankly we'll be able to tap into in the future both from an education standpoint um, as well as from uh, an ongoing servicing standpoint. Good deal. Yeah, Derek covered it well. We're really excited to be
3: a part of creative planning and excited to continue to work with the pastors uh, at the OPC and uh, and service the, their retirement needs. Terrific. Well, guys, any save grounds,
2: final comments? I would just state that, um, you know, I, I've hopefully talked to many of you in the past about your 403b account, whether it be a review of your investment allocation, reviewing the taxability of your different withdrawal strategies if you're at that stage. Um, you know, leverage your resources, tap into us. We're happy at all times to hop on on a virtual a meeting and and walk through that and make sure that you're allocated appropriately or comfortable with uh, with what your um, you know retirement picture looks like from a 403b standpoint. Um, So take advantage of that. Um, I think Benjamin would say the same thing. We're here to service you. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you hosting this and giving us your time. Oh, Just my pleasure. So good to be with you guys. The Committee
0: on Ministerial Care recognizes that there may be a variety of viewpoints on this topic. The views expressed are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of the committee or the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. For more information on CMC's FAIR Financial Planning Program, please visit our website, www.opccmc.org. Creative Planning Disclosure. This commentary is provided for general information purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice and does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Past performance of any market results is no assurance of future performance. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in a period of declining values. The information contained herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable but is not guaranteed. Minor Wealth Management Disclosure Matt Minor is a fee-only fiduciary financial advisor and founder and CEO of Minor Wealth Management, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor, where Matt provides personalized, unconflicted advice to clients for a fee. Matt is a certified financial planner professional and holds a Series 65 securities license. WorkPants Finance is Matt's financial media business, where he provides personal finance wisdom. It is not financial, tax, or legal advice.